In wisdom gathered over time, I have found that every experience is a form of exploration. My photography is a reflection which comes to life in action and leads to meditation. Hey, welcome to the Street Shots Photography Podcast. This is Antonio. And this is Ward. And this is episode 196, 196 for the end of November 2023. And yeah, so I survived Thanksgiving. <laughs> you did. I good. shouldn't say that. <laughs> I had a really good Thanksgiving. Yeah. I got to hang out with the Elizabeth's family. That's great. Uh, yeah, it was good. And and uh and it reminded me that I've got family. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, still uh that oh, uh, yeah, I've known these people for a long time and and being with them was like even though Elizabeth's not there, it was like she was there again a little bit. So mm -hmm. uh I wasn't expecting that. I was, you know, kind of thinking it'd be a typical Thanksgiving. Uh, I don't even know what that means. Also, it was my birthday too. Uh, every right, the day I'm not of the saying, hit, <clears throat> right? It was the same. Every days. now and then, yeah. yeah. Every now and then, my birthday falls on Thanksgiving, uh, and that was always fraught with a little bit. Well, now it was fraught with a little bit of uh, um, sort of negative predictions of how I deal with it because Elizabeth would always make me a cake for my birthday, and we could have mm. Thanksgiving. So it, yeah, it was okay. It was it was it was fine, but it was fun to hang out with my family and I brought my Polaroid camera and I took Polaroids just like the old days, the old days. That's right. And they attracted attention with the crowd. I'm sure it, it did. It did. Of course I, I had to like, here, here, look at the picture. Now I got to stick it back in my pocket for development. Yeah. Yeah. Polaroids, new processing or the, the new processing on the Polaroid uh, is takes like 10 minutes now for it to get fully processed. And, and they do tell you to put it in, don't put it in a book for at least a month. Like to let the chemicals settle down or something oh, like that. So okay. Don't put it all in the there. outgassing and all the stuff that oh, the yeah. chemistry needs to do. Yeah, it's very important outgassing on Thanksgiving. Well, <laughs> it's important. Oh, sorry, that's bad. Anyway, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. We uh, we've been away from the snow. The pavements uh, pavement has been dry, and it's been. Getting up to the 50s still here. It's cooled off a little bit, but it's actually not that bad. It's been uh, is that abnormal? Been hanging is on. It... Yeah, usually yeah. we have snow on the ground that tends to want to stay by this time in November. Yeah, I guess nobody's really complaining about it, but I can imagine nope. it's just not. But not then normal. it will snow. We'll get some slippery conditions, and then people complain it's winter. Yeah, it's winter in Canada, people. Yeah, <laughs> deal. Isn't that where winter was invented? <laughs> Winter was invented in Canada and Russia, I think, simultaneously. Yes. We had different kinds of. That's right. <laughs> different kinds of winters imported yeah. and exported to different lands and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well yep. yeah. The, the, well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you're, you know, uh, I'm, I'm both concerned because of the world, but I'm glad that it's comfortable for you. Um, yeah. I'm, well, I'm, they're I'm, getting snow, pretty serious snowstorms just north of you, north and west of you. In Ontario, they had some, they had a big dump of uh, snow. Yeah. But not here. So we're good. Yeah. Well, good. So what else, what else have you been up to? Have you been, you've been a working guy. I've been a working guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still settling into my new job. It's still, I'm still a steep part of the curve, but that's okay. All right. I don't know. I like the people and I like the work. And so things are good that way. For sure, yeah, and we've, we've we're talking about this offline a little bit. That we're how we're getting settled into the uh, into the season in terms of photography. Like it's not a not, not always the greatest time for some of us. I don't like to go out in the cold and freeze with yeah. my camera, and and you're busy and stuff. I'm busy, and I don't work downtown anymore, so the opportunity is not uh, are mm. not really there, right? So any uh, like we had talked on the last show, I'd just gone out with my son to take some pictures downtown. Yeah, and I had just yeah. posted it around the time that the show came out. So, um, yeah, so I'd like to do that again soon. We've got uh, two twin lens reflexes in our family, and I've got film in the fridge that I was reminded of 
uh, this evening. <laughs> it's like, are you going to use it's like, that? Yeah, it's in here with the butter. Like, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, you gotta, you gotta go out at some point. So, you know, I've heard that before, you know, Elizabeth would tell me, you got all this film in the freezer or fridge. Are you going to, you know, especially near Thanksgiving, are you going to move it out? Yeah. Yeah. Film in the fridge. Yeah, I have to store the I have to store I have to store the Polaroid film in the fridge now. But then I've got room because I don't have that much food in my fridge these days. Right. So these aren't this four rolls. You know they, oh, they go in with the, the butter and the cheese. Four, one, Come four on. rolls of one twenty. Four rolls of one twenty. I know, but they're just there and they're not food. Apparently, you, you, know? <laughs> you can't. So that's eat enough. Them. No. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm just, just thinking of it. You could sit there and start munching on the on the. <sighs> On the empty box or something like that. Mm. Well, well, okay. Yeah, use it up. Use it up. That's what the film is for, you know? And I really, I w really want to see, you know, my 26-year-old son operate a, a twin lens. This would be his first film camera. You should take, you're going to take pictures of him doing that. I mean, you should. Oh, sure. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll do the digital pictures of him. We only have yes. 12 frames each. So, yeah, yeah. We'll really, he'll, he'll learn. Well, he's, he's actually pretty good. His economy of, of, images when he goes out to shoot is actually quite stunning compared to me mm. um he might go he might be work he might work for an hour or two hours and come back with 12 frames 15 frames wow. like okay. he is careful right. okay. so i i will give him credit but uh using a film camera for the first time we really have to worry about exposure yeah i was about to say are you what are you do you have a light meter so I'll give him the Ashika Mat 124, and it has got a meter built in. So yeah. uh, 124G, right? The original last generation of those. It still works. It still. It still works. It's yeah. accurate. Yeah. The uh, and I've still I got batteries. I bought it from a guy actually in our beers and cameras group. I bought it from him, and he gave me a cache of batteries. And uh, the meter seems to line up fine with my what well, was my old hand meter, so I still mm -hmm. trust it. And then you know. Uh, my son can use the light meter on his uh, on his phone or whatever just to get him in the ballpark. And then I've got a Rollacord, uh, a Rolly, uh, mm. fantastic little 3.5, F3.5, 80 millimeter. Uh, it doesn't have a meter on it, but that's fine. I'll, you just I'll copy deal. what he's doing. Yeah. 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 So it should be, yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Get out there. Well, you know, I mean, you was I'd like to think about going out there with the twin lens reflex, and then you know having a light meter around your neck, and it looks like you're you know, you know, straight from the you know early '60s or something like that. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. It's just a nice look. Well, yeah. I, I know that Vivian Meyer walked downtown Calgary, so I can do the same. We can you know, pretend we're walking in her footsteps, and she was a, she had a Rolleiflex, right? So. Could, uh, yeah, I wonder pretend. what happened to our camera. Yeah. Well, yeah. Actually, speaking of uh, Vivian Meyer, of that time period, um, just to get into stuff right now, uh, we're recording uh, a couple days after uh, the death of photographer Larry Fink. Larry Fink. And yeah. and I wanted to acknowledge that in the show, and I also wanted to acknowledge my embarrassment. I don't know his work as well as I think I ought to have. Me neither. I mean, it's, it's true. I mean, I had known the name, but I didn't have any of his books. And I, I went through, I went through his projects and he was very prolific, like from, I don't know when his earliest work was, but it went as late as 2015. Yeah. Like yeah. was his last project. Yeah. I think I saw a photograph of his from 2019 someplace as well, but okay. uh, he was, he was born uh, in 1941 in Brooklyn. So, uh, you know, Brooklyn takes credit for another photographer uh, in the world. But uh, he um, he has quite a uh, body of work and quite a, a history. And uh, I, I did want to acknowledge that. Uh, and we should do. It would be nice to do um, a deep dive on him because I would his like work to is very interesting in a graphic way. And his the way he covers people typically very close. It seems like very close, middle of the frame. Yeah, he's um, an in, in your face photographer. Uh, yeah. Also, a lot of flash work. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, I I don't know why I thought like he was more of a street photographer, but he's I, I don't think he is. He's more he's really documentary or getting into uh, deeper stories of stuff. And yeah. uh, 
one picture that I do recognize of his is a photograph of uh, Malcolm X. Uh, it was photographed at a podium, and uh, Malcolm X is at the bottom of the frame, and there's this sort of big building in the back, and I recognize that picture. And again, I was always, I've always not been good with names and pictures for the most part sometimes, so I might see a picture that I really like, but I don't ever remember the photographer. Mm -hmm. But I'm really, you know, uh, I'm drawn to the image. But uh, I was looking at some of his, uh, 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 at Fink's work, and there's this great shot. I put I put it in the show notes. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes um, for the for us, but I put it I'll put it for the uh, our regular show notes that he took in front of uh, was it the uh, the factory uh, Andy you. Warhol's factory, the Humble Gents Social Club, and it's Andy Warhol and a few of his um, compatriots. I, I don't know by name and. When I ended up, it's an it's an, a black and white outdoor street shot, you know, like on the in front of this uh, um, social club, yeah. and it really made me laugh because my the way my eye circled the image, it ended up. I looked at the uh, the brighter people on the left, and I sort of circled around and saw the window, and then this person coming out of the basement, and then Andy Warhol's sort of dead center, and then I go from his face down, and Andy Warhol standing in a barrel. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the, and, and I, there was just something about that, that trip that my eye took and ended up with Warhol and, and then seeing the barrel. And then for some reason, the whole thing made sense to me or didn't make sense to me. And it made me laugh, but, yeah. uh, and then there are these kind of ornamental geese that are beside him in the yeah, window frame. In the window, right. Which just adds to this whole, you know, <laughs> surreal, surreal yeah, yeah. image. Uh, but there's a lot of, uh, pictures like that in Fink's portfolio and in his, in his, um, in his books. I mean, there's really some great, uh, moments that he captures in, in many different situations, his boxing, um, there's he did mm -hmm. a whole project on boxing, which boxing lends to making really beautiful photography. Um, so I do look forward to diving in more to his work and I'm, you know, somewhat embarrassed that I don't know it more, but it's always great to discover a photographer for the first time or, or just to really decide to go in his work. So I, I did want to acknowledge his passing. Um, a lot of people are posting on, on the Facebook groups and stuff like that, that he died. And, uh, some people that I know probably met him, you know, he's a New Yorker. Right? He was, uh, on the faculty of Bard college, uh, mm. since the late eighties. Um, but he's been in a lot of the colleges and, and, uh, he's had, um, uh, teaching in, in the Cooper union and Parsons, uh, New York, NYU. So it was, you know, a New Yorker here, you know, all the way through in, in, in some way. So a couple of Guggenheim fellowship fellowships in the, in the late seventies. Uh, so anyway, cool. yeah. So he's, he left a great body of work and I'm, I'm sad to hear of his passing and, but we're all, you know, we're all better off for having him had been around. So. Very good. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm with you. Yeah, so we'll put him on the list of. Uh, I need to buy some of his books, but uh, I'll put him on the list of people we would like to take a deep dive on. I really, you know, I'm interested in some of his his uh, um, the social uh, the vanities. Like one of his books about the vanities, these these, these parties and uh, that he would photograph um, socialites and uh, that kind of stuff. Um, so that, I like how some of the subjects are like deathly aware of the camera and others are oblivious. Yeah. Yeah. Especially to when the kind of off, off center feeling, yeah. emotional feeling in the image. And especially because the, in these types of shots, he's, he's like, you know, full camera flash on camera. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's pretty obvious he's taking the picture and, and he, like I said, he gets into people's faces. There's the, there's a, a New Yorker article on his, uh, uh, he did a photo shoot with um, Governor Jerry Brown. And the opening picture, he's got what I think is like a Panasonic Lumix stuck into into Jerry Brown's face, like 10 inches away. Uh, <laughs> it's a really funny picture of him. And uh, But when you see the picture of, of Brown, you can see what he's what he's going after. Uh, so yeah, he's a right in the face. And actually that picture was, looks like it was 2018. So yeah, that, that, uh, 
that project was more recent than not. So yeah. it's nice to see. I the thing I like about this is that, you know, he's this older guy who's still working. You know, he's still a photographer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I come across ordinary people who are not photographers and saying, well, when are you going to retire? Are you going to retire? I'm like, I don't know what the hell retiring means. Yeah. <laughs> As a photographer, you don't really retire unless you just can't physically yeah. do you it anymore. You can't physically do it, man. And uh, even even to that extent, you know, um, I know Martin Parr was uh, in, in a in a wheelchair for a while. It didn't stop him from photographing, you know. Uh, so yeah. it's nice to see a, an older guy going for as long as possible at at doing the thing he loves, and and really and still being and being really good at it. So, yeah. well, it keeps you going too. I mean, something to look forward to. I mean, even at our less advanced age, <laughs> not by much. <laughs> Um, just the, the things to look forward to, to going out and shooting, to looking at the images, to importing them, to processing them, to posting them, like mm -hmm. there are steps along the way. That's the part of the process or the actual craft part of it. I really love, which is what keeps me going. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, still for me, uh, the craft is fun. I still like the, the technical geeky part of it as well. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I ever get, I'll ever get past that. And speaking of that, I've got a couple of technical geeky beefs. Or something. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Sorry. There's a segue to, into this, but I uh, figured, Oh, I could take I could take the segue. It's not a, it's not really a beef, but you know, the Sony's came out with their new, um, whatever the new camera is, the a, I don't know. Is it the one with the global shutter? A9 we have the global shutter, and we have the 120 frames per second thing, right? And and uh, you know, of course, my bias, or, or I shouldn't say my bias, my uh, introduction to this is through everybody and their brother on YouTube talking about this is the global shutter and the 120 frames, and this is what 120 frames per second sounds like. And blah, blah, blah. And of course everybody's, you know, getting themselves in there, you know, into a twist about this camera. And it's great. You know, new technology uh, is always exciting to me and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And the global shutter thing, you know, whatever. I don't know if that means anything to me. Maybe it means more if you're doing video than photography. But, you know, again, I'm doing fine with what I've got. So, sure, great. Push the technology. It's but a this, technical milestone. It's in a, it in is. a commonly available, if you want to call it that, camera. It's harbinger of things to come. It is. Fine. It's great. The thing that's getting me, and this is, uh, this is rant on for a minute, is this 120 frames per second thing. <laughs> and, and the, and the tinfoil hat part of me says that 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 camera manufacturers are in cahoots with hard drive manufacturers you know and, and oh I, I see when there's lots of pictures to take to take there's lots of pictures to store exactly and okay. and uh certainly there is a need for some photographers in certain circumstances maybe many photographers in circumstances where that would be a benefit 120 frames per second sure right. that's great but Everybody else who's going to get it or who's going to start using that as a benchmark is saying, well, does your camera do 120 frames per second? I remember when I, when I used to have a film camera and I put the battery drive on the back of it, you know, yeah. I could do what? Three frames of, you know, my, my FM2 could do three frames a second. But when I got to my Nikon F3 and I put the battery drive, I could do six frames. For, you know, I can yeah. go through a roll of film in six seconds, uh, which is, you know, pretty cool and, oh, really expensive after a while. Yeah. But... You know, this 120 frames per second has me just thinking like, well, first of all, where's the limit on this? Mm -hmm. And what are people setting themselves up for in terms of, well, storage is obviously an issue, although this is a 26 megapixel camera. So the files aren't gigantic. Right. But you've got four times as many as you probably, you know, ever need. And how are you going to edit those pictures? Mm -hmm. Like, how are you going to decide between frame number 110 and 111, right? What right. Like, where is that process going to do? And then are you going to really spend time deleting frame 110 and 
you know, 109 and 108. You can actually go through all that uh, when you've got this giant burst. And I'm just thinking that people are just setting themselves up for a lot of sitting on their butts in a computer, staring mm -hmm. at a screen, doing pointless things. Yeah. So I don't know what you think about it, but this was my, you know. Well, and then, you know, I, I only course, really see it in eight sports. Terabyte drives. Yeah, I only sports. really see it in <laughs> sports where there's, uh, no, well, um, oh, I'm thinking of, I don't know, pole vault or the 100, 100 meter dash or, yeah. or these things or horse racing or something where they, you want to have 100, for me, 120 is certainly overkill. Like twenty or thirty, I think. But even, but even with the sports stuff, you would still have this. Uh, how are you going to choose between? Like, how are you going to choose between those two frames or those three frames? Like, what is going to be that criteria? And then you're going to have to spend Eyelashes. time looking at it. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just am saying it's like there's going to be so yeah. little. At this point, you know, you might as well get a movie camera. I mean, I remember, mm -hmm. I remember a while back when the when the first red camera came out, and I was working with someone who asked me. Do you think it's possible to lift frames? This is before we could take pictures, still pictures automatically when you're doing video. Mm -hmm. He said, could you think you could take still frames from the red and upsample them to make a still picture? So this way, someone who's doing uh, stock video production can do two yeah. things at the same time, do stock right. video and then have frame grabs to have a single frame for a stock uh, photo that was from the same take, mm -hmm. which had a lot of value. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I was I was able to do it. It was a 12 megapixel raw frame from a from a red. I can't remember where the red was. It was one of the first red cameras that came out. Now we've flipped the tables around. Like you know, you're doing you know 120 still frames a second. Well, you can make uh, a short video from yeah. that, a, an incredibly high resolution video. Anyway, it's just something that I thought like why. You know, and I'm going to sound like an old guy who's like, what do I need this stuff for? But I really, what is, like, where's the upper limit to this? Like, where, why don't we get better megapixels? Why can't mm -hmm. we get all these other features in the cameras that we can use? I mean, Brooks Jensen and the latest, uh, one of his latest uh, uh, lens, what's the name of his lens show? Work. Lens, lens work. work podcast was talking about this desire for having other features on cameras. Like, you know, things that we can do on our smartphones now. Why can't we do on our our regular cameras and i agree with him like mm -hmm. why why couldn't we add notes or have gps like gps why can't we have a gps built in on every camera so that i don't have a stupid connection with our so it's all this other stuff and 120 frames per second is probably good for like a small amount of photographers yeah very specific kind of things it's scientific i can imagine there'd be a lot of good scientific things to do with it as well mm -hmm. but for ordinary people like you and me and stuff like that you know I just didn't see that. And again, I thought, well, there's your way to spend more money on, you know, 16 terabyte hard drives or 32 terabyte hard drives and you'll be storing all this stuff. Anyway, that was my little bit of a rant. I wanted to get that out and and make everybody else suffer. <laughs> no, that's fine. Well, there has to be a downside to all this fancy technology. Well, but that's the thing is nobody's it's saying better that and there's worse. a downside. Nobody says that there's no, there's nobody's not no, nobody, but. The side of like, let's do all this great, crazy stuff with the cameras and that's saying, well, you know, the, you know, the Jurassic Park, what's his name saying, you know, engineers, you know, spending their time thinking, you know, we can do this and not saying, should we do this or whatever, yeah. you know? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, not that we could, but if we should have. Yeah. If we should. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, Eric, Gold, not Eric, I'm really Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Eric Goldblum. <laughs> this is what happens when we record late at night, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> you know, we'll be fine. I don't have any coffee in me to, to do that. Anyway, so yeah, good good, good on you, Sony, for coming out this great camera. The sensor sounds really interesting, and this global shutter sounds fascinating. Um, sure, okay. You know, the high-speed sync with uh, I, I think the... I think the plus about that is going to be with Flash. Mm -hmm. You know, you won't get those weird kind of flashes. Uh, yeah, it'll those, be like a leaf shutter camera. You be a leaf can, shutter camera. That's yeah. fine. That's great because that's what we should have been. That's what we should have had. Yeah. With cameras now. Now we're getting to the place where cameras sensors will be like film or film shutters. Great. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. 120 frames per second. Sure. All right. You know, 
the go look at their investments in Western Digital and uh, you know Synology and stuff like that, and see see where Sony's investing their money. It's going to be in hard drive companies. Yeah, SanDisk too. Lots of going to be buying lots of uh, lots more cards. All right, tin hat off, tin foil hat off. Alrighty. Next thing, right? The thing I wanted to talk about last week, last episode, but we didn't because we ended up talking about something else. So let me get my uh, let me get my notes here so I can read exactly what I wrote to you. But so we're this... bringing ancient philosophies into into our workflow. Is that what we're doing here? That's what we're doing, right? And and this came from who's uh, my friend and uh, neighbor and probably fellow listener. I think he listens to our show now. And then you met him when he was here, my friend, Ed, mm -hmm. uh, we were doing our morning walk and he was telling me about, um, uh, the I Ching and how he was, um, using it to give him some ideas about his work. And, and I had forgotten about I Ching. Uh, I remember a long, long time ago and, might've been high school or junior high school. And I was always trying to figure out my life and, and finding out, you know, mystic ways of, of getting questions answered, just like an angsty teenager might, you know, mm -hmm. is this girl going to fall in love with me? <laughs> How am I going to do, you know, whatever. But I remember I Ching being part of that. And I haven't really thought about that in a long time. So, so we were talking about the, uh, his usage of it and as, as a reflection of himself to try to get some, to sort of answer his own questions about work. And I thought as we were, as we were talking, it dawned on me about, um, I, this was also before my talk at the, uh, at the, um, uh, coffee shop, my photo talk mm. a couple of weeks ago. So I was I, in the process of, of doing that talk, writing it, getting it together. And so I had to spend a lot of time looking at my own pictures and reflecting on them and trying to figure out what the heck I was doing with them. What mm -hmm. am I going to talk to people about? But then it, it struck me that what would be interesting to uh, to do something with my own photography, my own photographs, my own library of photographs in a similar way of um, uh, the way you would uh, – what am I coming with? With the way you would uh, not access? Why can't I think of the words? Am I losing my words tonight? Well, the way you interpret the images. In interpret? No, the way you would. The I Ching. Let's 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 go back. Let's 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 go backwards here. So, okay. do we know what the I Ching is? Is well, that a yes I, or no? I don't know everything about it. I mean, I know, I know reading the notes about what the steps are, but the depth. The original right. origin of it, I don't know from. So I'm going to read what I what I have from a website so that I don't get this wrong because I don't want to interpret, right? Uh, the I Ching is one of the oldest. I can't remember where I got this from. Uh, I, I don't know where I got it from. Sorry. So I can't attribute it. But the I Ching is one of the oldest and most spiritual books in the world. And coupled with the Tao Te Ching, it makes up the fundamental sacred teachings that command a special place in all Taoists' heart. Um, the I Ching is essentially a means of obtaining spiritual guidance, inspirational insight, and universal wisdom. It can help with personal development or provide encouragement in finding authentic understanding and solutions to the questions or decisions that are of importance to you at any given time or situation. This is the yeah. simplest thing to come up with. And essentially, it's a uh, book of what's or uh, writings in in set up in history in what are called um histograms histograms not histograms <laughs> i'm locked in there um uh hexagrams and essentially you're choosing random numbers and then you're referring to these uh hexagrams where there's information uh and wisdom which you then access uh in relationship to a question perhaps that you've posed to yourself before you access this and uh, you get an interpretation and this is really, I, I'm probably butchering this one. I'm trying to come up with as simple as possible sort of understanding. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people might say it's spiritual or it's, you know, uh, in touch with the divine or whatever. Not It it doesn't have to be that. It's, it's it, and it could be that too as well, whatever you're looking at. But the idea of, of accessing sort of ancient wisdom to sort of uh, look and reflect upon your own 
questions and desires and and um, ideas and stuff like that. And I think it's just like a a giant, very smart mirror okay. in some way. And uh, so I'm probably doing a disservice to the I Ching. So please forgive me for any of the people who are really into that. But it's I'm trying to make this simple as in in and relate it to what we were talking about. Uh, Photography. So I thought in terms of photography, maybe instead of using a 3000 year old text, what if we used our own visual library as a starting point for guidance or reflection? Right. Okay. So, so, uh, you know, and like I said, this is coming up because I was, um, I was starting to look at my pictures for this discussion that it was uh, this, this talk I was giving at the uh, blue star at my, my cafe where I'm having my show. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because I didn't really, I haven't looked at my body of work that closely in a long time, uh, but I had to put coherent thoughts and ideas and concepts to what I was doing with the photos. And, and I thought, well, it'd be really interesting to look at my own pictures and, and try to access some thing that's in them that would reflect back to me in terms of thinking about my own work, maybe projects I want to work on, about anything. Um, mm -hmm. so, uh, what do you think of that? And, and, and oh, then the, the name we came up for this, which I'll name it for the show. What was I going to call it? Uh, photomancy, right? Photomancy. Sort of like, uh, you know, the mancy part is the sort of the magical part in photo being foot photography. Right. So and you had just asked me what I, what I think about it. I'm always trying to think of ways to move my creative work forward and i seem to like to sit around and wait until i get struck by lightning with some mm -hmm. kind of inspiration Does oh i saw more? this thing i gotta go after it or i saw this thing now i i can't really exactly do that but i'm gonna go you know this direction and try this sort of thing um, you know, a different kind of lens, a different lighting, a different locale, just something to change things up. Where and what I've read so far of this, I think is outstanding in terms of the value it'll offer you looking at your own work, using it as a kernel of inspiration, doing these, this exercises, which we get, which we, you'll be getting into to help decide, not just interpret your current work, but give you a kind of a rich idea what you could possibly do next. And that is, and that can always be with you because it doesn't require an external source to hit you in the side of the head to get you mm -hmm. to get motivated. So I think there's great value in this. And, uh, well, let's go into some of the stats. I've already done this once. And, and okay. I did it only a couple of weeks ago because I was doing it for the show. I haven't had time to get into it, but I, I just pulled it out. But by the way, I'm doing this in my photo journal, which I think is actually a great place. I mean, we mm. talked about this a while back, but, you know, this place where I'm printing pictures and putting them in there and then writing about them. I thought this was a good place to, to uh, also place these photographs that I want to have um, – Sort of reflection on, mm -hmm. uh, in a, in a, in an I Ching way, uh, photomancy way, photomantic, photomantic. I didn't say that. So uh, let's let me talk about the practical parts first. Okay. All right. So in the I Ching, you're 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 either choosing coins or you're doing something that creates a random number, and uh, and then you're re referring to these um, uh, hexagrams uh, in in a book, and then you're reading. So I thought, well, how, how would we do this photo, you know, in our own photo library? And there's, there's a bunch of ways. The first thing I thought of is, is first being able to find a way to randomly generate a number, which you can find any place. There's, there's apps and there's things. Random.com. Uh, Random.com. Random.com. Uh, give it a number between X and Y, and then it'll give you a number. Oh, well, well there you go. Um, and what well, where, what are you using that number for? So what I was trying to do is I was using my Lightroom library. And if you have a Lightroom Classic, um, there's a way to 
set up Lightroom Classic in the view menu so that you can see your thumbnails of your pictures and they'll have a giant number on them, mm -hmm. uh, sort of a faded number. And so, you know, if you, if you choose an album or a gallery, you'll have, you know, if you have a hundred or pictures, a year, a year folder, that's what or I would a do. year folder. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, well, yeah. yeah. Okay. Let's talk about this, but whatever you use, let's, let's just, you know, and then you, however many pictures you have, you set up the random gen generator to choose between however many pictures are in that gallery or album or year folder mm -hmm. and, and it generates a number and you go down the line, look for the picture that corresponds to that number and choose that picture. Right. Uh, let's, before we go into further things, let's talk about the galleries and stuff like that. This is really interesting because we, you and me were talking a little bit about like, well, you know, you could do it with your entire photo library or you could do it with specific galleries mm -hmm. or, or selections of pictures, which would skew your results in some way. Because let's say for me, I've got a giant photo gallery and a library in Lightroom. It's right now it's over a million images. I mean, a lot of them are similars and stuff like that, but you know, that's a lot mm -hmm. of data and I could set up a random generator to do all my pictures from, you know, 1998 till now, mm -hmm. which is interesting to do. Or I could start to choose specific galleries, which have lesser amounts of pictures in them. And you had something to say about this. I can't remember. Did you, you didn't you say something about using specific galleries? Oh, you, we, well, if you wanted to pick something, you, you know, a project that you really liked that you wanted to expand upon. Right. So a project that you already have. They already like have a, a where like, I want to, like I have run, this has run its course. What, what can I do next? And use this project that you really loved as as a jumping off point to right. do the so next thing. Yeah. So it would be interesting that you could do this with different galleries and different kinds of ideas to to like you said to spark a, a jumping off point. Mm -hmm. uh, if you use a larger, um, fuller you know library of pictures, you might come across some random picture that you don't even remember taking, and that could bring up a whole bunch of different ideas. Uh, when right. you sit down to to uh, to write about it, um, but the 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 process would be first figure out the question that you want to to ask, right? And again, you you know, without getting all woo woo about this, right? This is <laughs> which yeah. some people might say, you know, they they might have already stopped playing this because you know once I talk about consulting a book of ancient text for wisdom, some people will just turn it off. But anyway. You know, what kind of, well, actually, I'd be curious what kind of, what kind of questions you might sort of ask for. But the idea is to, to have that question in mind first before you start looking for a random number of pictures. So, you know, some generic questions I came across in terms of the I, the I Ching would be like, what if I took this path? Which way? How am I going to do this? What if I tried this? Um, how can I change my reaction to this? There are other things in terms of photography that you could like specifically say, um, and I'll, I'll read mine. I'll, I'll actually read mine a little bit later. But like I said, how can I find purpose at being a photographer? That was a very big question mm. to ask. I don't know what you would ask. What would be the the, the, the kind of questions you might Well, start? how could I explore this? I mean, the way I'm thinking of it and the, when you, the paint, picture you're painting is sort of like, I, I think of it from project point of view. I mean, yes, the whole random thing of all the pictures I took in 2019, you know, whatever, 40-some thousand um, yeah, that would be an interesting, maybe weekend project or what I can do. But I was thinking of the, the, the use case I was thinking of was there's this project I really like. Um, I'm kind of at a standstill right now. I would like to go in a different direction. I'm saying, I want to go down a different path that's related to this. What could I, what could I do based on the image that I get, uh, that I draw? And then reflect on that and then go mm. through the process of, of reflection um, to do that. Yes. And what I like about this idea, rather than what you were saying before about waiting for the random bolt of lightning to hit you, that this is a regimented, um, you know, you, thing that you do. Like you yeah. sit, you do this numbering, you find the picture, you go through all these steps to try to come to... Uh, maybe not the answer, but um, something that's going to help you uh, or or spark something, I should say. Right. And mind. that's so, all I've ever really needed to do some, to get something. The, the, 
it's just the, what is the right question to ask, right? You know, I talk about it in my work life about troubleshooting. Mm-hmm. Part of a good troubleshooter is what are, is knowing when or knowing to ask the right question to start out. And you won't get your answer. You rarely get your answer on the first question. But finding an answer to that question will lead you to the next question. Mm. And then at some point, when I'm thinking of it in context of photography, which I like to bathe in, and so do you, um, <laughs> is is the question that eventually you're going to get an answer or at least a direction that will be enough motivation and inspiration for you to take the next step and start out with, okay, here's what this next part of the project is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, so, I think it's great too, to, to, because, and I've told my friends, my art friends, and I don't think I've really mentioned it here. I, I, I you know, I'm, I'm working on my technique, you know, shooting and so on and, and, and processing, um, you know, my post work, but I'm, I'm without a cause right now. And there are a lot of artists that have a cause, like there's something that they fight for that their mm-hmm. art they they represent this cause through their art and I'm kind of missing that. And it's kind of like a core inspiration, a core drive. Mm. And I think something like this will help a lot, mm. uh, particularly this fall after what, uh, you know, with my, my aunt dying and so on, like the, the questions are getting bigger. The, the mm-hmm. things in life are getting bigger around me. So um, I have big questions, Maybe that can be reflected in my future projects. So in that way, I'm really, I'm really interested in this, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, because yeah. I think it might lead to work that has a real meaning um, and a cause. The word I use is cause. It's sort of like you know, w- what is your what's your primary motivation in it? What your driving you know, lights force. a buyer? The driving yeah, force. the driving yeah. force exactly. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. we have driving forces and we've got. Um, Oh, uh, res- not restricting forces. There was a word in my constraints. Uh, because I love that word. I love constraints because that's w- the 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 the, um, the main for me the main core creativity of photography is working within the constraints of the media that you're working in. Constraints is good, and the word I was looking for was restraining forces. Oh, okay. Right. So the constraints also fits into that, but we have driving forces are things that move us towards our goals, right? Okay. We have restraining forces, which are the things that we do that keep us away from moving towards our goals or our cause. Let's say, for instance, constriction. Would you say uh, Re, um, uh, constraints. constraints? It's like how narrow is the road, right? Right. Constraints. There's, the are, way is still there. You yeah. Forward and reverse forces, and then the constraints are the yeah. narrowness so of the road. They're not mutually exclusive. You can have constraints yeah. and uh, um, uh, restraining forces too. Right. Those are, are there. So uh, the 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 steps that I sort of came up with uh, were pose the question or topic. Um, two, randomly select a photograph. Three, reflect on the photograph. What emotions, memories, imagery, symbolism do you see in, in the picture? Uh, four, draw connections. Do you, are there um, uh, things in the picture that you see that you can uh, uh, make connections with um, within the picture itself? And then five, uh, you know, you wrote the journal or discuss the insights. I, I like to write them down. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but this is all, you know, I think it's important to be writing it down, not to be doing this in your head. Right. Um, because it's, you know, whether it's writing down in a book or doing it on a, you know, digital thing, it doesn't matter. But just having words that you can then come back to. Um, those would be the steps steps I would take uh, to do this. Um, so I'll, I'll do the, the one I did on November 12th. And this is my first one. So, you know, I'm not... Uh, saying I'm perfect here, but um, I actually wrote down photomancy number one. And the question I, I wrote was, how can I find purpose at being a photographer? Which I think is a big question, and I don't know if it was the right one, but I just thought I would start mm-hmm. because better off start. So I went through my gallery of 
pictures from my neighborhood. So it was a limited gallery of like 1,400 pictures. So I, I was able to do a random generator, and then I looked at whatever number it was. The pic, the number was 1,034, right? And uh, the image, I'm, re I'm reading it from my book, image from Neighborhood Selects Gallery and Lightroom Classics. So the picture is, is this shot I took of a cat in a, um, it was at a, like, I thought it was an abandoned store, but it well, it really wasn't because these cats, there was two cats in there and they had food. And it was one of these cats that doesn't have any hair. I don't know what they're called. Mm, and yeah. the place was a filthy mess. And I felt so bad for these cats, you know? And so I took this picture and he's looking at me. He's a, he's a skinny, hairless cat. There's a bunch of tape on the window. It's through a dirty window and there's a bunch of junk in the background. And, and he's just looking at me. And that was, mm. I was like, okay, you know, oh, by the way, if you're doing this, don't cheat. Okay. Mm. Whatever picture that you pick or whatever number it is or whatever, like just go with it. I mean, as much as I looked at this picture, it's like, I don't want to deal with this picture. Yeah. It's this out of focus outtake. Why well, I know two frames better with two frames later was better. Right. Just go with, go with yeah. what you get because there, there, therein is the challenge. Um, although you shouldn't have out of focus pictures in gallery, but anyway, <laughs> but it doesn't matter. You know, oh, it's a gallery. I'm just going by my, uh, well, whatever I'm just yeah. saying, but my, my, my thing here is to say, don't cheat. If, if, if you're going to do this, do it, go full in, pick the picture and stick with it and see what happens. You may not have to, you may not come up with anything. You may not, you may not answer it. You may have to put it away and then come back again. But anyway, so when I looked at this picture, I said, the feelings I got fear, uncertainty, isolation, Looking through a dirty glass window, cluttered, dying plants, cat with no hair, no protection, neglected, unkempt space, direct stare. That was, was the first things I came with up when I looked at this picture. And I said, there are several purposes at being a photographer, artist, job, documenting. Now I'm forced on the art part, or now I'm focused on the art part. Doing it as a job would also give me a purpose. Uh, a few jobs have popped up that maybe I should apply for. I know how much I like to teach ICP international center of photography. Maybe what do I have to fear? Nothing bad can happen to me. I know I fear isolation and being abandoned in some sense. I already have been no fault of anyone. And that's where I stopped. I haven't finished it. So I'm not sure how that answers my question or, or if, if it gets to it, but there's something there. There's a, there's a kernel of something there. Although I know That's the question That's a lot for is, a picture of a cat behind dirty glass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and this is different than what I was talking about. Like when we were talking about doing the, uh, photo journal, mm -hmm. um, because to me, the photo journal is also just coming up with pictures that you like and talking about them, however you want to talk about them. This is something, this is more of a reflection and more of a purpose, uh, to, you know, to find some way to push ourselves in in a in maybe a different direction as being a photographer and I, and I know what you're saying about a cause i was like you know it, when, when you said cause the first thing i thought was like well it's great to have like a project right so i'm like yeah. doing the thing of my neighborhood and now i'm kind of done with it right yeah uh, even though i'm still taking pictures of the neighborhood but like like i think that that goal of okay i got the show and i made the zines and like mm -hmm. that's it i don't know what else to do so now what mm -hmm. what is what what is my purpose? What is my purpose as a photographer? What am I going to do now? What is, what's the next goal? What is the next cause? Uh, and I don't mean to use that word lightly. I apologize no, I if I do, no. you know, um, because I know there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways to interpret that word. I mean, I always think of that, like my photography, like who cares about my stuff in the neighborhood when there's all this other important stuff going on, but and it's not a way to look at it. I don't think, because I think everything that we do is important. It's just, Everybody yeah. else does something else different. So anyway, I don't know if I'm stepping on you if you want to say anything. No, no, I'm, it was just, yeah, I agree with you completely. So you've got a lot of, there are a lot of big questions there now. So um, there's some, there's a lot of soul searching there going on. Um, so now that you've written them down and, and even now that we've discussed it, is there anything that's going through your mind now just to, now that you're reading them again, is there anything that's going on in your head about what you, what you'll make of these observations that you've made? Good question. 
Um, just in the in the you know the fullness of time since you wrote them down. Yeah, there's there. Well, there's something about the uh, something about the isolation part um, that 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 I'm sort of hooked on a little bit. Uh, I mean, you know, as a photographer, or as just being me, I'm very used to being by myself. Right. Mm -hmm. and, me too. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, I've had a couple of opportunities, like the photo walk that I did, although there was only a couple of people that showed up um, for the Scott Kelby photo walk I did. And it was great to be with other people who are sharing the same, you know, love for what we're doing. And, you know, of course, I'm not isolated at that point. I have to be on with other people. Yeah. And yeah. even even just, you know what, doing doing the talk, the photo talk a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and having all that interest in, you know, in, first of all, in coming to hear what I have to say, but also my discussion about, uh, you know, documenting, you know, the history of your neighborhood and stuff like that. And, and it wasn't really about my pictures, but just using my pictures as a, as a stepping yeah. stone. But there was something about that pushing out of being alone, being out of isolation. Mm. Uh, and even the idea, I think I probably posed it in the last episode that which I haven't started yet is getting a, you know, a coffee and cameras thing going up right. in my neighborhood. Right. Which is also acting against isolation. Mm -hmm. um, so there's something, there's something about that. There's something about, I mean, even when you, when you came to town, you know, and, and I, I don't think I've ever done a photo walk with uh, a friend like I did with you. Not that often. Mm. A lot of people say, oh, you want to go out and take pictures? Let's go do it. I'm like, yeah, sure. I never do it, you know? Mm. So anyway, something about breaking out of that, the isolation. I don't know where that leads to, but it's a, you know, if I've got a fork in the road that I've, I've, I've drawn up with this picture and this question, and one is means less isolation and less, you know, uh, and, and maybe more connection with other people who like what I'm doing and who share the same ideas and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That's probably the road that I might steer in okay. is what I'm getting from this. And so it, yes, it could be a big question with a very simple answer. And maybe how do I get that from this picture? Cause you know, some people want to be too literal. Like, well, how do you get that from a picture of a cat in a dirty window? And it's like, I don't think that's the point. The point is right. where, where am I taking it in my mind and what, where is it going to help me? And so if ultimately this picture of this cat in a window leads me to doing more photo walks or doing a, you know, cameras and coffee thing and, mm -hmm. and seeing where that goes, then, then I think this technique is kind of successful or at least right. Not well, you did have the feels when you were shooting the cat. I mean, you did have some feelings when you were. At the moment that you took those, yeah, pi that picture yeah. though, right? It's interesting that that one came up because there's a lot of pictures of things I take that I don't get the feels for, right? Yeah. So randomly, I pick out this picture. Of course, it's of a cat, so I'm a cat person, right? <laughs> and and the helplessness too—that was the other part of this because I couldn't go into the—I didn't write that down, right? I didn't write helplessness. I should write that down because that was part of this. Um, I'm just gonna write helpless. Yes. Right. Make sure I got that because I couldn't do anything to, to save the cat or, or help the cat. And even though the cat looked like it was okay, it was, I would have not, you know, so anyway, there was a bit of that in there yeah. as well, but yeah, I mean, it could have been a shot of a brick wall and I'm like, what am I going to say about that? Yeah. <laughs> Here in this, the challenge. Uh, I like this. It sounds like you like it too. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm really thankful to Ed for helping me spark this idea. And I really, really, really enjoy the idea of, of looking at, like looking at my own work and using it as this resource. And we've talked yeah. about this a bunch of times about going back and looking at our work and without a goal or a, like, I mean, it's great to look at my pictures, but I, you know, it's not like flipping through someone else's book, you know, when you look through a book a few times as it's edited and stuff like that, when I look through my own pictures, there's a lot of drudgery in it. And, yeah. uh, and so having, having this reason to use this resource and we all have them, we all have these pictures sitting someplace. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. So it'd be really interesting 
what I'd like to see what uh, you end Absolutely. up doing at, at some point. So. Well, I just went back. It's funny you, you mentioned that. This is sort of an aside, shallower, but I found a couple of pictures from the Stampede. Like they were actually worked out quite well that I should have, I should have done post-processing on uh, that just escaped my notice. And I posted them a little bit of summer heat to help, you know, offset the cooling temperatures. I don't know. <laughs> But no, I'm definitely, I'm definitely all over this. So I'm going to decide on, uh, on an image. Maybe I should select from those pictures of that weekend. I took, uh, of those women and see if there's something. That would be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That would be interesting. I don't know that I would, you know, because they haven't really been processed yet. Uh, they might be a good place to start to ask the question. It's interesting. How, how would you, uh, like, what kind of question would you ask? What, what are the kind of questions you might ask of yourself when you're doing this? Not saying specifically for this, but like what, what well, comes no, up would, in your would mind? Well, be specific. How would I, oh. how would I, what is my approach to the subject matter? What is my approach to these people that I photographed? Hmm. And okay. I was very deliberate with the composition, so... I would say most of them were, if if not keepers, they were strong enough compositions that I should be able to read something out of them. And how do you see this new idea, this photomancy thing being different than your usual reflection on your own imagery? Like, how There's a structure around it, a discipline of the around the process yeah. of doing it as opposed to even if I'm looking at it, and I'm journaling it because, well, my journal is a little bit different than yours. Mine is I am tracking my process. Mm-hmm. So it is not, um, I, I don't know, I, I post or I, I, on our little printers, those little HP sprocket printers that we mm-hmm. have, the examples that I have kind of set the scene for what the shot, what the shoot was like that day. You know, here are the, some of the images I captured and, you know, the rodeo girls on their, or sorry, the, um, the, the show riders with their flags and all going by me at high speed with their, you know, juxtapositions and them taking off past me when I'm shooting them with long lens kind of gives a feeling of things, but not a deep, not a, necessarily a deeper meaning or story. And I think if I go through this process, I'll have a better chance at how I'm going to deal with them because I haven't been looking at those images at all Mm, mm. because I don't know what I'm going to do with them, especially with the gravity of, but with Aunt Rose now that she's gone, what, what can I do? And it may be that I will just have to put it off or take pictures of more people or whatever. Um, But I'll go through the process, whatever comes Mm -hmm. out the other side. Mm. Okay. Certainly, let you and everyone else know because it's yeah. I'd be curious. It has that... become very important, and so all right. I mean, uh, maybe I'm on the cusp on of a cause. Maybe I'm. <laughs> well, who knows? Yeah, maybe maybe that would happen. Uh, we do a follow up uh, when when we can a little bit later. I mean, we're all you know for us in the northern hemisphere and those of us who don't like to go out and freeze, we're getting into the isolation months, and so. Yeah. And this is probably a good opportunity to to do these things and get us prepared for when we want to do out go out. And who knows? Maybe it'd get you to go out in the freezing cold and 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 do some. Work. I've done it. It's you know, it's fine. Some of us, yeah, it's okay. I, it depends on the day. <laughs> it's like, but but having a reason to go out or, or having a you know a goal and and uh, and a and a and a uh, cause to 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 go out for. So it I. I see no harm in doing this and you know, there's no, I don't really see any woo woo in this because you know, there are things that are going on when you take picture, when you, when you're photographing and, and it's all inside of us. And I think this is a great way to sort of tap back into, Hey, what were you thinking about? What was I thinking about when I was making that picture and how can I use that as insight to, to go forward? In, mm-hmm. into something new or, or even to, you know, revisit something old, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, I, I don't think I've heard this being done before. So I'd like to say we're discovering it for the first time. I'll give all credit to Ed. Yeah. For, thanks Ed. For, thanks Ed for, for giving us the, uh, 
giving me the spark in this and uh, I'll give us both credit for, you know, pushing a little forward. So um, I didn't want to finish. I did find this paragraph just to, 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 to sort of bookend the, the, um, the I Ching and what, what it can do uh, and, and sort of relate this to our photomancy I Ching photography thing. So again, I'm sorry. I don't have the, you know, I cut and paste these things from websites and then I don't put the, the uh, attribution but so forgive me, uh, maybe I'll have it in the show notes. But anyway, let me read this. Um, so referring to the I Ching, you may prefer to think of it connecting to your inner guide or inner compass, intuition, gut feeling, guardian angel, spirit guide, Buddha, God, or whatever concept feels most appropriate to you. To use the I Ching to its fullest, you should approach the text with an open mind without expectation. Allow it to stimulate and broaden your perspective on the situation or change you or or change you are encountering embrace and respond to it in a way that moves you onto your path of true self-worth seek to align with and incorporate the change rather than opposing or blocking it thus going with the flow holding your balanced wu way no matter how challenging or fearful it may emotionally feel at the time when you go with the flow in this way you become more creative and authentic you begin to let go of past and outdated modes of conditioning and thinking that no longer serve you and your authentic potential. So it follows that if you alter your perception of the present, your future must change. Remember, the ancestor of your current situation is a thought, and the same principle applies to your future. But that was a nice, you know, summary or, or bookend of, of the I Ching, and then applying that to what we're talking about with our photography. It sounds like a lot of those, there's a lot of crossover there. There's a lot of mm -hmm. um, ways that we can use it to, to be more creative. So I, I think that's worth a try. So uh, my goal and, and thing is to, to, you know, now that I'm not, I don't really have anything on the menu plan. I've got a lot of empty time is to, is to uh, continue doing this and seeing where it comes up. And, and I'd like to, you know, update everybody as it goes on, as, as stuff comes up that I find is, Interesting. We should bring it in here. Cool. Share it. Right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm on board. Cool. All right. Well, I think uh, I think we got it about covered for tonight. All right. What do you think? You think we got yeah, it covered? Yeah, I'm, got I'm covered. good. I don't think I have anything more to say. I have nothing more to say. I'm not done. But uh, I'd actually the like end. to hear if any... Yeah, the end. <laughs> Goodbye. If anybody is into this, that we just discussed this photomancy... Uh, I'm going to call it photomancy just to make it make it our own. Um, drop us a note somewhere and let us know. I'd be interested to see what you guys come up with and if you find it interesting or not. Um, I'm, I'm, I'd rather not just be the circle of me and Ward uh, doing it. It'd be nice to hear other people's uh, experience. So give it a shot and let us know. Yep. And that, Ward, where are where can we find you and, and send information and, and hellos and stuff? Um, which, by the way, I appreciate uh, the feedback both Antonio and I are getting. Every now and then we get a little shout-out yes. from uh, or a DM from our friends in social media. Really appreciate that. Please don't be shy. Um, Antonio and I will respond. We're, we're good guys. We're, we're there for each other. We're, we're there for you. So. Please don't be shy in uh, contacting us if you like to share an observation or what you thought of the show. We're, we're definitely, uh, definitely love to hear from you. Here, here. So where are you going to find me? On Vero and Twitter slash X, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'm at uh, WRosinPhoto. On Instagram, you can find me at WardRosinFineArt. On Facebook, I'm WardRosinPhoto. My website is rosin.ca, R-O-S-I-N.ca, and our unofficial sponsor. Unofficial sponsor. And I did have a couple of sales. I had a couple of Black Friday sales, even though I didn't have a Black Friday sale. <laughs> I was at Ornis Photo, O-R-N-I-S dot photo. Those 12 millimeter Sony le uh, Sony E-mount lenses, I've sold two of them, so... Thank oh, you for well, that. You're going to have to have a cyber. I have to have a cyber Monday. Oh, we, we just finished cyber Monday. Didn't we? Uh, yeah. Yeah. We'll do it again. So okay, cool. So, but I appreciate the, I appreciate the sales and, uh, Oh, cool. it's, uh, it's nice. And uh, what about you, Antonio? Where are we going to find you? Uh, yeah. Vero and X and Flickr at AM Rosario, Instagram, AM Rosario photo. 
And my website is amrosario.com. Our website, streetshots.photography. Subscribe to us on Substack. I, I am behind on putting newsletters out. I've got something in my brain now that i got time. Streetshots.substack.com. We'd like you to subscribe because uh, it'd be nice to, you know, put uh, words out uh, in between shows and have somebody, you know, say, hey, these are great. And uh, if you want to support the show, um, you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash Antonio Rosario. I gotta I gotta shorten that so that it all times up with the music and stuff at the end. <laughs> all right, we'll just put more sound effects in. More sound effects. All right. Well, that's it, and uh, we survived November. Next is December, and we're Next coming up. December. We're gonna do our two hundredth show in January. I was hoping that it would time out to the beginning of the year, but it's not. But sometime in January, two hundred. But uh, anyway, wow. we're getting there. All right. Cool. Well, thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us. And thank you, Ward, for spending the evening with me. As usual, my pleasure, my friend. Yeah, and uh, good night to you and good night to all. Good night. Good night.